It is an absolute pleasure to um, be with you today and to bring you um, the third in a series of talks that we've been doing um, here on the Sunday morning uh, entitled Interrupt. And we're exploring what can happen in us and through us and around us, what can be released when we become interruptible by Jesus. What happens when Jesus interrupts our status quo? And this morning, I thought we might look at um, a, a well-known story that happens in the book of Acts in the New Testament. In fact, it's referred to two or three times. And it's when Paul is met by Jesus on the road to Damascus, a story that you might be very familiar with. I thought we would look in and, and take a good look at it this morning. And of course, this is a, a story that happens in the life of Paul when he's about in his 20s. And uh, he goes on to be the great apostle Paul who sets up all those churches in, uh, in the kind of Eastern Mediterranean, goes on all those missions and, and writes the incredible, beautiful, sometimes challenging letters to the different churches that have become a big, chunky part of our New Testament. But I thought just for a bit of context, it might be good for us to, um, to look a little bit at his, his younger life, where he came from. So Paul was actually born around 5 or 6 AD uh, in a city called Tarsus, which was a kind of cosmopolitan, busy trading city in Turkey. And he was born into a Pharisee family. And Pharisees were a sort of subgroup, a bit like a denomination at the time within the, the Jewish faith. And they were extremely strict about following every law from Moses. They wanted to keep the Jewish faith and the Jewish culture pure. They didn't want it diluted or kind of uh, infiltrated by any of the culture around. So they were really, really intentional and, and very strict about being as obedient as they could to God. And then if we think of Paul as a, as a young boy and then a young man growing up, he was he was he was born into that culture and he was also um, just had an incredible mind. So he spoke several languages. He was an expert scholar in the Torah. That's the, the laws of Moses. He would have known the whole uh, Hebrew scripture inside and out. He had this amazing, incisive, penetrating mind. Um, and also it's clear from all the stories about Paul in the Bible that he was a man on a mission. You know, he was someone who had loads of energy, who was really determined, who was passionate, um, who was really keen to be utterly committed to what he felt to be right, to what he believed in. So this is quite a, a heady mix of a young man, isn't it? And there's a, a current theologian, a British theologian called N.T. Wright, who is one of probably the, the global experts on Paul. And he has this wonderful line describing Paul um, in, his, in his young days as, as a man who had his head full of Torah and his heart full of zeal. So this is uh, just such a lovely description. And we can imagine, use our imaginations to, to think about this young, passionate man off on a mission to Damascus to try and do his part to rid the, the Jewish culture and faith of this kind of new sect that followed in his mind, just this dead rabbi Jesus, and were causing all sorts of problems. So this is, this is what was happening. So let's just dive into the, to the, 
to the book of Acts, where we hear one version of this story. And it's the one of the ones where Paul is actually recounting what happened to him on that incredible day. Um, and it's from Acts 22. So I'll just uh, leave you a moment to get hold of your Bibles or phones if you want to, to follow along. And we're going to start at verse six of Acts 22. And this is Paul. And this is what he says. As I was on the road approaching Damascus about noon, a brilliant heavenly light suddenly appeared, flashing all around me. As I fell to the ground, I heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered, who are you, my Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus, the victorious. I am the one that you are persecuting. Those who were with me saw the brilliant light, but they didn't hear the voice of the one who spoke to me. So I asked, Lord, what am I to do? And the Lord said to me, get up and go into Damascus and there you will be told about all that you are destined to do. Because of the dazzling glory of the light, I couldn't see, I was left blind. So they had to lead me by the hand the rest of the way into Damascus. So this is a really dramatic interruption, isn't it? By Jesus into the life of Paul, turning his whole understanding of God upside down, stopping him in his tracks, turning him from a life where he was pursuing kind of violence and persecution into a life of love. And I, as I was sort of praying and pondering this passage all week, the thing that really kept coming through to me, to my heart, was that this interruption, this dramatic interruption by Jesus, was actually the invitation, the greatest invitation of Paul's life. And when Jesus does interrupt us, when Jesus makes himself known to our perception and to our heart, even if what he says may have challenges, um, may leave us occasionally feeling a bit disorientated, we are always being led into the greatest invitations of our lives. We're always being led into deeper love, deeper grace, deeper peace. And there were three particular invitations that I uh, really wanted to look at this morning. And the first of these is the interruption that Paul experienced in his understanding of God. So when Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, made himself known to Paul on that road that day, he turned upside down Paul's understanding of God. And this is an incredible sort of invitation to us, I think. When we see how Paul reacted, he didn't get all defensive, he didn't run away, but he actually embraced this transformation. He embraced this kind of heart transition. And I think there's an invitation to us. Do we allow Jesus to um, change up some of our understandings or even preconceptions about God? Because it took me to that passage that Paul wrote later, one of the letters, um, 1 Corinthians 13, that I think Kate read a couple of weeks ago in her talk that describes the fact that we only ever see God in part while we're on this earth, like looking in a glass darkly. It's always um, incomplete. It's always, always more of God. And this is what Paul experienced on the road that day, that there was so much more to God than he realized. And that actually Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. He made 
all of those Hebrew scriptures complete. And, um, and so maybe this morning, wherever you are on your walk with God, whether you've been a Christian for years or whether you've just tuned in this morning, not knowing what you think about God, I think that human beings have this strange tendency to want to put God into a bit of a box, to kind of want to delineate the outside kind of descriptions of God. And maybe this morning, God wants us to just open those boxes and realize that actually there is always so much more than we could imagine. Of course, our, our, our human brains can't possibly absorb the glory and the love and the, the infinite grace of God. There is always so much more to experience and to learn. And that can sometimes be a little bit disorientating, can't it? Those interruptions to our sense of God, the ways that we might kind of make him a bit controllable or almost like domesticated or convenient. And sometimes Jesus just has to nudge us a bit and poke some of those preconceptions and set us free on our next kind of step into the depths and the glory of God. So if that's you today, perhaps this is a little invitation that God might be saying, there is more to your understanding of God. And sometimes the descriptions and the images of God that we've inherited from others, that we've been handed down, they will probably contain some amazing treasure that we'll be grateful for our whole lives, but they won't ever be complete. And there can be some inaccuracies that come with those. And as we follow Jesus, as our walk with him deepens, inevitably we will need to let go of some of that and there's no shame in that there's no disrespect um, there's no disloyalty to those who have passed those descriptions of God onto us but we don't have carbon copies of each other's faith and our job is to follow where Jesus leads and trust him and allow him to to always deepen our understanding our, and our experience of who he is so that's the first invitation and the second invitation that really, um, that really spoke to me in this is that Paul listened in. When this incredible experience happened, he heard God speak to him. And his, and his immediate response was to surrender, to say the words, Lord. And I think that um, despite the lockdown, where we may be a little bit less busy, a little bit less frantically running around, I mean, that's some of us, others of us will actually be more busy. But, but even if that is us, um, it's really hard to listen well to God sometimes in, in 2020. There is so much busyness. There is so much hurry. There is so much distraction. I mean, I, I think there's amazing things about technology, but I'm also really aware that these smartphones can be so distracting. We can be so continually switched on and, and kind of mining for information, scrolling on our phones. And it can be difficult to kind of, uncouple ourselves from the distractions and the busyness and the pace of life. And so I almost wonder whether there is an invitation here for us to find practices where we can slow down, where we can find some quiet and some silence and just listen in. So perhaps today or this week, you could just linger a few moments longer I don't know, looking out of your window or in the shower or in your garden or on a walk. Could you just stop a while with God? Really listen in. What might we hear if we created these, these pools and moments in our day 
where we really try to focus our attention on God and the whispers and the song that he wants to sing into our lives. So that might be just sitting with some scripture. That might be, as I say, just on your walk, just taking that time. And I know that it can be really hard. Thoughts pop in so quickly. Sometimes I found that actually recruiting the, the senses of my body can be really helpful to just bring me into the present moment. So um, as, as we were singing earlier about God being, being our breath in our lungs, could we just listen to our breath, knowing that it is God who gives us life? Could we have our feet, feel our feet on the floor, knowing he is the ground of our being and just get into the habit of listening, just as Paul did. And, and have that, allow God to interrupt our day, allow God to interrupt our perceptions and our thoughts and, and see what amazing invitations are there. And finally, um, invitation three. I, I'm just I'm blown away by the way that Paul was able to integrate this incredible experience into his actual lived out daily life. He didn't keep this as some kind of private experience between him and God although it was that. And yes, God loves us individually and has a personal relationship with us. But all that he gives us, all the grace and the, and the understanding and the love that we experience from God, it's not just for us, but it's to flow out of us into the world, into our families, into our communities, into our places of study or our workplaces. I can't remember now whether it was, maybe it was Matt or Pete Gilbert, I can't remember who, who once spoke about the fact that we're more like rivers than re reservoirs, that we are kind of created by God to receive from him, but then flow out what he has given us to others. And how amazing is it? Like, what a privilege that we get to share in the work that God is already doing in the world and be partners with him in the kind of in the restoration and the, the reconciliation of all things so we're not in a kind of private enterprise with God I know that our, our society sometimes is very individualistic isn't it these days but there's something collective about God's vision for his creation and we have this amazing invitation the one that Paul took up so readily to share what we have learned from God with the world and so I'm going to finish with that but maybe we could just pray together that we would listen in for the invitations of God when he interrupts the status quo, when he kind of disrupts some of our notions of who he is with even bigger visions of the goodness of God. And that we goodness with others. that your invitations thank you that they always lead us into deeper grace and love in our walk with you help us to lean in and listen help us rest when we're struggling and anxious in your non-anxious presence and help us share what we learn of you Share your goodness with the people that you bring into our lives. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.